As far as getting the funding that, that you need, just understand that it's going to take the right type of strategy. So either, you know, learn it, get around the right people and just learn the right information so you can execute. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, I've got a special guest, Daryl Callum, and we're talking about funding and all that fun stuff for small business. Daryl, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. No trouble. So I guess let's start at the beginning. Can you give us a little bit of insight into how you discovered the importance of financial literacy and how it led you to start the Infinite Freedom program? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually got into the credit repair space, just repairing personal credit around five years ago, um, mainly because I had a poor credit score myself. You know, I wasn't taught financial literacy in school. You know, family never taught me, you know, I had a low 500 score and I couldn't even get approved for a car, you know, so I ended up going through another credit repair program. And long story short, within six months, my credit went from the low 500s to the 750. I was able to go buy a new Mercedes and I was so ecstatic about it. You know, I started telling everyone else about it for free, you know, but it it eventually led me to learn, you know, all the nuances within the business myself. And I partnered up with another company, um, you know, and I started having a lot of success. And eventually I got to the point where, you know, after COVID, you know, America started breaking numbers with new business owners. And I realized that a lot of people that were looking to get their personal credit increase, they were looking to get business funding. So I end up, you know, graduating to taking a lot of courses, you know, doing a lot of studying um, through a lot of experience, trial and effort, error to master, you know, business credit and funding as well. Awesome. Yeah. And I guess like for any business owner, access to funding is is vital, you know, especially small business cash flow is so important. What's uh what are the kind of things that you encounter that have meant that this is a passion for you? Well, I always wanted, felt like my mission on this planet, honestly, was to, you know, empower people who may have come from backgrounds of being disadvantaged in a mm-hmm. sense. Sure. You know, so that's what made me create the infinite freedom movement. And it's many different ways you can empower people, right? Like spiritually and you know, knowledge. I just feel like my specific purpose is to help people in the financial realm, you know, by wealth building. So that, that would, you know, led me to create the infinite freedom wealth network. Um, it's all about helping just the average individual, you know, um, build financial freedom, regardless of your background. Yeah. I love that. And credit, credit is the foundation to doing so, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So it's often said that, the wealthy understand money differently. Um, I guess what fundamental financial literacy concepts do you believe every small business owner needs to grasp to start building that generational wealth? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, really, just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the principles <laughs> that are taught in that book, right? That pretty much breaks down the foundation. Once you read that book, you can't 
unlearn. You know what I mean? You can't unknow what you learn and yeah. or what have you. So just understanding that, hey, you know, there's multiple different ways that you can actually generate income. That that's the foundation of it. It's perfectly fine to work a job, but at some point you're going to need to figure out a way to get your money to work for you in a sense. So what credit does is is just it gives you leverage to scale higher, faster. You know, in America, real estate built more millionaires than any other industry. But yeah. people wasn't paying for that real estate with cash. <laughs> they were leveraging credit. You know what I mean? Like what other is no other industry you can get in where you can control, you know, hundreds of thousands, possibly millions. With it, you know, and only putting down 10 percent, possibly zero percent if you have the right investors involved or what have you. So it's just all about using that credit as leverage. Let's say you get a hundred thousand and you invest in your business and you make a quarter million, two hundred and fifty thousand off of it, and you can pay the hundred thousand off. Now you got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in free money. And eventually, what you want to do is is get that money invested somewhere where it's working on autopilot because that's basically financial freedom. Imagine if you're making a million dollars on autopilot without doing anything. That's that's the objective, you know, what you're looking to accomplish. Yeah, and I think I think uh, certainly from my experience, a lot of small business owners feel like that's out of their reach, that it's not for them. And if you say to them, do you realize that most wealthy people don't get wealthy with their own money? That <laughs> it would blow their minds. So yeah. what, what are the misconceptions and the common mistakes you see from individuals and business owners when they're trying to do this as far as getting access to capital or actually building wealth i think well let's let's go with both let's go uh getting access to funding and also that their wealth mindset because i guess until you get your head around it it's not going to happen yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So a lot of people just aren't aware, you know, people try to start businesses and fund the business out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Right. I've seen people work regular nine to fives and they think that they're going to use the money from their job to start and grow their business. And like eventually you're going to drain yourself because you're paying for your personal bills, your business bills. It, it's going to exhaust all funds. And that's why 80, 90 percent of businesses you know, that do fail, fail due to a lack of access to capital. So yeah. first and foremost, you got to understand that funding out of pocket is simply not the route to go and understand that it is possible. Like you're saying, wrap your mind around it. Like, hey, you really can get access to funding. It's just information you, you need to learn and strategies you need to take. But as a new business, I mean, you can literally get access to 50 to 150 grand within a short period of time, you know, after uh, accomplishing it. And then as far as like actually building I believe it is like majority of it is mindset, 80, 90 percent mindset. You have to put yourself in the place of understanding that every successful human being on the planet, like it's nothing super special about them. It's not like they're doing something that's out of the possibility of what you can accomplish as well. You know, and um, and, and this 2023, whatever you need to learn, whatever you need to implement, what, however you need to execute. I mean, you got chat GPT, you got automations, like you can make it work. You can figure out a way to make it work. And you just really just have to go for it 100%. So what, what do you think it is that holds people back that stops them from believing it's possible? Limiting beliefs and fear. I honestly think that fear 
Um, and also, so it, it's a lot of things. What makes you have limiting beliefs? What makes you let that fear take over you? I mean, it takes strength to really get over these type of things as well. You know, if you're surrounded around people who've never accomplished anything and they're feeding you bad information, like, oh, you're crazy for doing this. If you're watching like gossip shows every single day, like it's like honestly working out and eating healthy and all that as well. I feel like all of these things are going to put us in a in a lower vibration where we can't execute at a high level. I feel like you have to be intentional. If you want to do something extraordinary on this planet, you're going to have to be intentional about setting your goals and really like going after it. You're going to have to be intentional about what you're watching every day. You're going to have to be intentional about who you're surrounded by. You're going to have to be intentional about what you're listening to because all of these things are going to affect your actions. Yeah, no, I love that. I guess like for me, I grew up in an environment where people said things like, save it for a rainy day or um, money doesn't grow on trees or um, almost like the idea of borrowing money was, was really frowned upon. Yeah. That's how it was in my household. It's like credit cards are bad. Cut them up. You know, you don't want to stay away from credit cards and you know, but also it's no excuses either. So some people will take that and be like, I can't do it. I was no one. Um, around me it was successful and I'm like well we have the internet these days so like find some motivational speakers some mentors on the internet and you need to watch them so much that they feel like they're your best friend like they feel like your family you know what I mean I watch Tony Robbins so much I feel like he's my uncle (laughs) yeah 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 I I get that like the only voice I hear in the car is like Alex Hormozzi or Eric Thomas just driving around. So it's hundred percent. I wake up every single morning either listening to Eric Thomas or like TD Jakes, Joel Osteen, Bob Proctor was this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you're reprogramming your mind to be successful. And yeah, I guess like the cynical side of me says they don't want you to do that which is why all the marketing, all the advertising, what the banks say tries to stop you. I mean, I hate to like just sound, you know, controversial or anything, but like one thing surprised me is like when Bob Proctor passed, I'm like, this man was so legendary, changed so many lives in such a positive, beneficial, powerful way. I'm like, it was nothing on media about his passing. Mm. And I'm like, this guy like done more than just like uh, traditional schools in a sense, you know, he helped people feel like they can do anything and like really go after their goals. And yeah, I feel like it may be some type of control there because I don't, I don't, I don't really want to go too far into it, but yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah. It may be some type of different agendas. That, I, you know, I think so. My pay grade. They would teach, they would teach financial literacy in school otherwise. No. That's true. I mean, well, they teach you how to be an employee in a sense, mm. right? So, but they're not really teaching you how to be an entrepreneur or anything yeah. of that nature. I guess, you know, if you're able to keep people as an employee, just make sure that they make a certain amount of money, you know, where they have to keep working in a sense <laughs> or get them in debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. like, same in the States as it is in the UK. Make sure people have got a nice big student loan so that they then yeah. have to spend the rest of their life paying it off. It's Man, I feel like the last 20, 30 years in America is like the student loans 
is like modern day slavery in a sense. Mm. Because there's so many people that's literally going to die with their debt. Yeah. 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 And, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't file bankruptcy or anything of that nature. And it's a federal student loan. So the federal government basically owns you. And I know so many people who got out 50, 200, $200,000 in, in student loan debt. And they're literally not even making $50,000 a year. Yeah. And they never will. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, scary. So I guess on the opposite side of that, you talk a lot about being being bankable. So uh, making your business bankable. Can you define what it truly means to be bankable as a small business owner and why that's crucial? Absolutely. So first, you have the foundational pieces as far as becoming lender compliant. Okay, 90 percent of business owners get denied for funding because they're not lender compliant. Other than being lender compliant is main, mainly three factors that is going to make you bankable. Personal credit, business credit and business revenue. Okay, so as far as becoming compliant, what, what does that mean? That's just making sure that your business looks credible with the banks. Right. You want to have like an address. You can use a virtual address, okay? Mm. You don't want to use in a home location. Um, a business email. You don't want to use a, a Gmail or Yahoo account. You want to actually a business phone number. You don't want to be putting your personal cell phone down to a bank. You know, you, you don't look credible. Um, an actual website, you know, have your EIN LLC set up, making sure everything is congruent across the board. Um, you want to establish the appropriate business relation, banking relationships as well. Um you know, you want to be mindful of your, of your bank rating as well. But those are just basically the foundational pieces of becoming bankable. Um, once you become, once you get everything structured properly, just foundational wise, now you're ready to start establishing your business credit reports. Okay. So in America, banks, so you have a personal credit score, you have business credit scores. Okay. So it's different credit reports for your personal credit than for your business credit mm -hmm. reports. So business credit reports are going to come down to Dun and Bradstreet. Um, you have Experian business, Equifax business. You also have credit safe as well. Yeah. So those are, those are the reports that lenders are going to pull when they're analyzing how much funding they're, they're going to get you approved for. Now, when it comes down to building the business credit, understand business credit works in tiers. You have from tier one, all the way over to tier four. So a lot of people want to start getting funding completely in their business name, separate than their personal social. Um, that's once you get to tier four, okay? Now, tier one is basically the starter net 30 accounts. Okay? You typically want to start off with about three or four of those. Those are going to generate you an actual business credit score. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you want to do some advanced business credit building, which you can typically do it within three to four months time frame to strategically move yourself up to tier four within a, a short period of time. And that's going to maximize your funding potential because you got everything in compliance. You got the business structure properly. Your personal credit is ready to go. Your business credit is re ready to go. You should also have established your business banking relationships as well, generate some type of cash flow. Um, and now it just comes down to the right funding strategy. Yeah, awesome. And I guess like, I, I don't understand how the tiers work in the States, but if it's similar to the UK, the more bankable you are, the less of your personal liabilities you have to leverage. So absolutely. Um, or should I say personal assets you have to leverage. So yeah, the more bankable you become, the less risky it is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and people, people don't realize that there were companies coming out of COVID 
who could very quickly get funding and get themselves back on track. And it was at no risk to the owner. And then there were small mm-hmm. businesses coming out of COVID asking for funding. And actually, if it goes wrong, the owner's going to lose their house. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, it, you know, with credit, it's kind of like, I like to look at it like a parent and a child relationship mm-hmm. or what have you, right? If a child just graduated high school, it's like, how much are you going to trust him with? You're going to want his parent to co-sign for him because he hasn't established any type of credibility or responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So the business is brand new. That's your baby. You're, you're the owner. The business is your baby. You're going to need, you're the parent. You're going to have to co-sign for it. So you got to make sure that your business look much as a grown-up as possible yeah. if you want to get yourself away from it. You know what I mean? I love that analogy. That's cool. So as a small business owner myself, what's the best things I can do to optimize my cash flow, better manage my cash flow so that when a lender's looking at me, they they see me as a legit opportunity for them? See, now credit and cash flow, getting access to capital and cash flow, that's two separate things, you know? So many people, and that's another thing as well, through social media, people hearing all these cool tricks about business, credit, and funding, you know, everyone's talking about getting funding, but I mean, cash flow, that's totally separate. And that's really number one, what you need to be focused on as a new business owner. We know as business owners, what what that looks like though. That looks like hard work to me. That looks like marketing and sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you got to generate sales to the to the company. Yeah. And I get okay, I'll reframe how I meant that. So if um if a business on paper drains itself to zero every month, when a yeah. when a lender looks at you, chances are they're not going to look at you very favorably. They're going to they're going to think that this is not a safe bet. So what sort of things would should a business do? to make it more attractive to lend to? Yeah. So typically in a, a, with American banks, if you, you know, you have a bank rating score, mm. you typically want a low five bank rating score to get like maximum funding or what yeah. have you, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. How you get a low five bank rating score is having at least $10,000 in your banking account mm-hmm. for at least 90 days. Because banks typically look at the last 90 days of revenue. They care about like what, what the business looks like recently or what yeah. have you. But um, so even in that particular situation, right, it's not necessarily about how much money is going out. As long as you have a lot of cash flow coming in yeah. and you, you can present the right business plan to them, like, hey, this is how much money I have coming in. If I'm able to get access to this capital, we're able to, we can maximize more profits or what have you. Typically, um, that'll be a the banks will still look at you in good fashion. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you can prove that uh, you let's say you bring in a million dollars a month, um, but with a little bit of a cash injection, you could potentially triple that, but the costs will stay the same. That's a, that's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you got to look at it. Look at even Fortune five hundred companies or whatever. I, I was just watching. Jeff Bezos documentary. It was a movie. Amazon, I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen that three days ago. But he went to his investors and like, hey, we're going to lose money the first 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and they still kept funding money into it. You know what I mean? So as long as you're generating cash flow, 
you you can get access to more money, even though your expenses are high, because you can figure out different ways to if you scale higher, typically you can figure out ways to, you know, yeah, limit your uh, and, and the bigger the long term reward, the more likely people are to lend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So we touched on this before about generational wealth and passive income. Could you touch on how small businesses can start to generate passive income streams so how they can improve their stability by looking at diversifying how they generate income absolutely so i know right now i know people talk a lot about different seven streams of income different things of that nature and they're like oh you need to get in all these different industries. But from my experience, I don't really recommend as a new business owner, when you're starting off small to go wider, I would recommend going deeper, right? So going wider means that, okay, I'm about to do Airbnb. I'm about to do trucking. I'm going to do hair. I'm going to fix credit and have a, have a candy shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be hard taking all those businesses up to 100K or a million dollars or what have you. So what I would recommend is going deep, meaning that, hey, let's say I'm a barber, right? Okay, I'm a master barber. Now I want to start a course on teaching other people how to be a barber. Now I may want to start selling um, hair products or what have you. Um, maybe I want to open up a barbering school or what have you. You know what I mean? So I would yeah. recommend going deep on one lane or what have you. But if you're just looking to throw some money into some passive income streams that just work on their own, I would recommend only just getting like one or two. Let's say I have a buddy of mine that's part of the infinite freedom movement as well, whereas some of our business owners can invest in Airbnb. Yeah. What his company does is they actually go out there and get the Airbnb for you and launch it on Airbnb and manage it for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like you know, you're you're taking a piece of it rather than having responsibility for going around and cleaning it every week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I and I guess like on that point of going deeper and staying in your lane, when you become an expert in your field, you can start to record that knowledge, and then you can sell those recordings, and that becomes passive over and over. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we're, we're, like that's how so many businesses got themselves through COVID was. Took you know yeah. took themselves online, sold their knowledge, and that that's like that's a lifetime of income for 100%. maybe twelve videos. It's yeah, and people are sleeping on that. I think <laughs> they're sleeping on it. And you know the thing about it as well. You want to have a sales ladder also. Mm. So let's say, you know, just as far as being a barber or what have you, people tend to buy things. It's easier to sell to people you've already sold to than anyone else, sure. right? So you want to have a sales ladder. Let's just say your cheap product is like an ebook. You mm -hmm. give them the game on a free ebook, right? And then you have like a low ticket product from 97 to 297. Um, then you have like the actual course for a couple of thousand. Yeah. You may have a high ticket product for 10 grand where I help you come out and launch everything with you. you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the whole like how an airline does it, right? You have economy, premium economy, business, first class, and then lounges and all the upgrades that come with that. Yeah. And they've been doing it for years and everybody else kind of hasn't. And yeah. I mean, I, I, speaking of barbers, I was talking to my barber the other day. And he was talking about cash flow and passive income. And now he sells 
like an annual haircut pass. So you mm. can just buy it for somebody for Christmas and they've got 20 haircuts for the next year paid for. And I, no one else locally does that. I was like, that is brilliant. And, and is the best not. bit is only about half of the people that own those passes use them. Yeah, they don't really use them like that. <laughs> I actually got a, I got an unlimited um, car washing pass, and I forget about it all the time, man. I use like once every two months. <laughs> yeah, and and they factor that in when they create that product, which is yeah. so smart because the cash injection when you bought that was so good for their business. Yeah. So yeah, um, obviously, there's a big rise in alternative funding. Um, we've got like crowdfunding, peer to peer lending, the banks uh angel investors like all these different things um what how do you evaluate these options versus the more traditional methods so the easiest route is just you know let's just say you gotta like i say the three main factors when it comes down to getting funding from the banks is going to be personal credit business credit and business revenue mm -hmm. or what have you but all three of those are interchangeable in a sense so let's just say you have an excellent personal credit score and you want to personally guarantee it. I mean, you can get 50 to 75 grand. Yeah. You got good personal credit and business credit. You can get 50 to 150. You got all three and doing some revenue. I mean, you open up the doors for 250 to two and a half million dollars or what mm. have you. So, you know, that's just the basis of that. Typically, everything is going on as far as on the investor side. Um, I mean, you, you really want to have a, proof of concept in a sense, right? Yeah, they, they don't, it's hard to really get an investor invest in just the idea these days. A lot of people, you know, unless you're well connected and really in that industry and just a regular small business owner that is just opening up, you know, they're not really, they don't really meet those qualifications or what have you. You, you need to actually start, you have to have a, a proven foundation or what have you. Yeah. And you need to be doing a certain amount of income a month. Um, but then, I mean, that opens up the possibility to start pitching your ideal around. But the only downside to that is like how much of equity within your business that you want to give up because if they give in, get in too early. You know, they put in a nice chunk. They're going to want a nice piece of your, yeah. your business. I, yeah. I, I was hoping you'd say that because there's so <laughs> many people who are like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and I'll crowdfund, you know, a pie shop or whatever it might be, or uh, I'll go yeah. to an investor and they'll invest in me because I'm really good. I'm like, you're going to give up a lot of pieces of your puzzle. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're going to be, you're still going to be employed, basically. And yeah, it, 100%. it's not the same. So um, I ask every guest that comes on this podcast two questions. Um, one's quite left field, one's much more sensible, and, and then we'll wrap up. The first one is, what's your favorite film and why? Favorite film of all time? Yeah. Man, 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 man. Favorite, favorite. The first thing that popped in my mind was 300. Cool. Gerard Butler. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels like I just liked the grittiness of it and just the it shows that the heart you got to have. And I kind of feel like I, I transferred that over into the business world. Yeah. Like just the, cause you got to be risky like that. 
you got to be ready to take a little bit of nothing and, and blow it up and make everything out of it. it, it, it but also just in, in while keeping your integrity, integrity, yeah, and yeah. good character, and doing it in balance of, you know, and and. and good fashion you're not being you're not playing the game dirty or nothing like that like i'm about to go straight up and, and conquer and just the ambition and and the purpose behind it and it also was just a super i liked it, it was very well written and you know really well shot as well that's cool nobody's ever said that that's really cool i was um i was in indianapolis last week at a conference and uh Tom Tom Billy was the speaker and he said before I walk into a room Oh wow, I love him. Yeah. Before he said before I walk into a room, I remind myself that I'm a warrior covered in the blood of those that tried to stop me helping people. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That matches That's up a good with attitude. Yeah. That's a good attitude to have. Yeah. So slightly more sensible question. <laughs> uh, what's mm-hmm. the best mistake you've ever made? Hmm, that's a good one. That's really interesting. The best mistake. The best mistake I ever made. Well, that, that is tricky because in hindsight, when you look at your mistakes, when you made them, they end up working out as a positive for whatever. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I, I would say when 20, I was a nightclub promoter, actually, on Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, and that was before I was taking the credit thing serious or what have you. Right. Well, I wasn't making a lot of money. I wasn't making any money with credit. Honestly, I was just fixing a lot of fringe credit or, or what have you. Um, and I was making like six figures a year doing promotions on Las Vegas Boulevard. So when 2020 came, it shut everything down, shut the clubs down, shut yeah. the strip down. I had zero dollars coming in. So I had to make a decision. One of my buddies on the strip partnered up with a, like a mortgage loan um originator or what have you and was making he was like hey you can come work us with us and we were, we're gonna make 50 75 grand a year like easy you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and I, I turned that down to move back to arkansas and start over and build my credit repair business from scratch so at the time it looked like i, I looked crazy like it was a mistake but that next year i made over one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. that's amazing congratulations <laughs> that's awesome yeah. yeah, I love that question because that's always what happens. It's always the kind of people who see a mistake as an opportunity. And yeah, yeah. So as we wrap up, what's the best way to get in touch with you? And what's the one piece of advice you give people who are looking to get funding? So I would definitely say check out, just go to DarylCallum.com. That's D-A-R-R-Y-L-C-A-L-L-U-M.com. You can find all my social medias. You can book free calls. You can get like free information, um, you know, get in contact with me if you want a free consultation as far as going about getting funding. And um, yeah, as far as getting the funding that, that you need, just understand that it's going to take the right type of strategy. Um, so either, you know, learn it, get around the right people and, and just learn the right information so you can execute. Daryl, you've been an absolutely awesome guest. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today. Mm-hmm.